Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I do have a guest speaker for you today. Actually, uh, uh, in, in a, if, going Star Trek here a little bit, uh, in a different dimension, uh, I'm actually in Israel right now. Uh, not that I'm, not that I'm, this is, this is not one of those kind of spiritual places, but still nonetheless, I am saying that uh, I was supposed to be leading a tour to Israel. Uh, this, the, the flight was supposed to leave today. Uh, exactly. They're, they're coming with me, but we, uh, with COVID and everything, we had to delay it until next April. But the good news is, if you'd like to go with me to Israel in April, please let us know. We have actually only a few spots, uh, as it turns out, Uh, and so I'm really excited about that trip in April coming up to Israel. There's nothing like it. And so uh, just in getting ready for that, months and months ago, I I contacted my good friend, Rabbi Stuart Winograd, to see if he might be able to come speak for me, because I would be in Israel. Well, as it turns out, I'm not in Israel, but that's okay. I still... He's like, you want me to come? I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Sure, absolutely, please come on, because I love Rabbi Stewart, and he always has such interesting teachings, and, uh, and, and is such a blessing. Of course, he's the leader of Reach Initiative International, and when I say international, you know, sometimes people say international, and it's like, well, meh, no, no, I mean, they've got things going on literally all over the world, uh, very exciting things. In fact, uh, he'll be sharing a little bit about some of the things that they've been doing, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Some things in Israel, of course, they've worked with Holocaust survivors over there in Israel and have been taking them places, sharing with them the good news, pretty excited about that, all their work with the Holocaust survivors. And of course, they they have congregations in in the the country of Belarus, which is a pretty austere country, if you know, Uh, and uh, and they uh, founded the congregations over there in Minsk and the areas around there, and uh, their congregations are going strong. Uh, even in the former Soviet Union there, in addition to, of course, the, the whole Sunrise Messianic Center in India, uh, in, in, right in the Himalayas there, where uh, a lot of the Israeli military go on tourism after their military service is over. Uh, and so they've got a whole significant center over there, and that's in addition to their work in the United States. Friends, these people are doing a lot of good work, uh, although it's a real blessing that we have Rabbi Stewart because he's been doing all of his speaking uh, up until now, before, before, since before COVID, was virtual. Uh, and so we're blessed to kind of be his first time out with real human beings. So if he, if he looks out and says, wow, there are people here, you understand why, okay? They're a wonderful ministry if you'd like to bless them. I know that it would be a huge blessing. That's reachii.org. Uh, and so he's, he's Mishpacha, their headquarters are based here in Atlanta of their ministry. So let's give him a big Bethel. Welcome home. Welcome, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. Woo! 
Brenda. <laughs> Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Oh, those are real people. The last time I was here, it was me, Rabbi Kevin, and about four others. And, uh, you know, we did a meeting, and it was put out live stream and that kind of thing. But it's great to be here with you in person, Rabbi Kevin. I love you and appreciate you. And with our spiritual mishpucha here at Beth Halal, uh, we have a long history going way back with Rabbi Robert, who's a dear friend of mine, and my oldest son Joshua, having been a part here, and uh, way, way back. So, and it's great to be here with my oldest grandson, Jan. Jan, give everybody a wave. Maybe in the next uh, Paralympics, you might be seeing Jan swim. He's going after it. And uh, Dara, I got to say, you and your group were wonderful today. Thank you for that worship experience. And through song, you preached a lot of my message, which is good, because maybe as I hit it from a little different angle together, you know, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, will use it in a powerful way in all of our lives, including mine. And I'm trusting that he will do that. And uh, trust with me that uh, God's going to use this time through worship and through this message to really do something in us that he wants to do, that he wants to do. And so uh, I just want to take a few moments to encourage you regarding what God is accomplishing through our partnership. Beth Hillel, I know you pray for us, you support us financially, and I, many, I know we have many friends here and, and uh, supporters. And uh, I hope it'll encourage you and uh, just give you a little bit more prayer focus. We had the delight, Chantal and I, and she'll be here with me tomorrow, my beloved wife, my best friend, partner in ministry. Uh, she sends greetings tonight. She's with the grandkids tonight, you know, so sorry. You know how that goes. So uh, um, we had the great privilege of going to Israel in May, just as it opened up for family members uh, of citizens of the land of Israel. And my oldest daughter, Miriam, lives there. So we spent about three months in Israel we had an awesome time ministering to the Holocaust survivors that our teams on the ground serve week after week throughout the land of Israel. We were encouraging our teams. We expanded into the north of Israel in the cryote, and we're now serving more than 600 Holocaust survivors, including about 100 in Belarus. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the work we do with the survivors, we do ongoing home visits to those who cannot get out of their homes due to health issues. You know, many of them are in their 80s and 90s, some over 100. And we provide fellowship and practical help to those folks and emotional and spiritual support. And our weekly home groups that we call warm houses are attended by more than 100 Holocaust survivors throughout the country. And this is a place where we provide fellowship, but not only we study the Bible, we talk about issues of life, God, and Messiah. And then, of course, our regular excursions to biblical sites and our group celebrations during the holidays like Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot, etc., gives us a very natural way to teach about the Bible and give understanding of the message of Yeshua. And I got to tell you, the best news of all 
is that uh, the survivors, their hearts are opening more and more as we continue and our teams continue to just love on them, pray, and serve week after week. And since this pandemic began, you have 15 new brothers and sisters in the Lord, Holocaust survivors who have embraced Yeshua. Hallelujah. And most of them are growing in their faith. They're real Talmudim, and our team nurtures them. They're studying the Bible through a booklet that I wrote with the elders of the congregation in Minsk, Belarus, called First Steps with the Messiah of Israel. And we wrote that especially for Holocaust survivors. And uh, moving to India for a moment, we'll go back to uh, uh, Israel and Belarus, but moving to India for a moment, our Sunrise Messianic Center and Guest House, sadly, has been empty since April because India has closed their borders. And uh, many of you know that uh, Israelis flock to India by the tens of thousands every year before COVID. And I recently received good news that India is considering opening their borders again to international travelers. And I know these young Israeli seekers, they are just itching to get out of Israel and go to one of their favorite destinations, India. Back to Belarus for Camp Kalutzim. 17 years we've been doing Camp Kalutzim, a life-changing 10-day summer camp. We missed only one year last summer due to COVID. This year we had 120 children and teens, 20 orphans attending camp. The Ruach moved powerfully, and again, you know, God's heart of hearts is to see people born again into the kingdom of God. And 18 teen campers gave their lives to the Lord, 29 rededicated their lives to Yeshua. God loves to visit these camps, and he uses our teams powerfully at these camps. And you know, follow-up is always a key. And our youth ministers are working hard, and I was so encouraged to hear that a number of the teens from our congregation in Minsk took a special burden for a number of poor uh, teenagers who were able to attend camp, who lived in a remote village. They traveled five hours to bring special gifts to these children and their families and encourage them all in the faith. That was very moving for me. And then our Messianic Jewish synagogue, the first ever in the history of Belarus and our four congregations there. You know, despite many obstacles, and you know the situation in Belarus is not easy if you've been following the news. Despite many obstacles, I'm happy to report that we're making some good progress, as you could see. You know, the, uh, the photo on the top right is what things are going to look like when completed. But on the lower right, you see that we've gotten pretty far on the outside. And the middle photo is our 500-seat hall. And this one is the small hall that can seat 100. And so despite all the obstacles, we're making progress on this first-ever Messianic Jewish synagogue in the history of Belarus. And so uh, I just want to thank you again for your partnership. Please continue to pray for all of these ministry initiatives. 
and of course for your brothers and, and sisters in the situation in Belarus. Now, how many of you, I think both young and old, have heard the name Bob Dylan, right? And probably most of you know that in 1964, a little while ago, he came out with a song, The Times They Are A-Changin'. And that's the title of my message today. The Times They Are A-Changin'. You know, when Dylan put out that song, it was kind of a call to action. It became a sort of an anthem for frustrated youth. It summed up the anti-establishment feelings of people who would later be known as hippies. Do we have any form of hippies here? I was. Uh, anyway, I'm not proud of those days, but I was. Um, and so I want to just share some of the words from his song. And you, as you listen, apply those words to today. I promised my wife I would not sing them as much as I'm really <laughs> tempted to, but since I do sing out of tune and I should keep my word, if I just squeak out one little, don't tell Chantal, okay? All right, just kidding. Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown and accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone. If your time to you is worth saving, then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone, for the times, they are a-changing. There's a battle outside, and it's raging. It'll shoot, soon shake your windows and rattle your walls, for the times, they are a-changing. The line is drawn, the curse it is cast. The slow one now will later be fast. As the present now will later be past, the order is rapidly fading. And the first one now will later be last. For the, time, for the times they are a-changing. You know, I think we can say in our days, especially since the pandemic began, but even before, really, that the waters of evil, moral decay, and confusion in the United States of America and around the world have been rising fast. The battle is indeed raging, and raging hotter and hotter. Jesus... Yeshua and biblical faith is mocked. And even worse, we who believe in biblical morality are often labeled as bigoted and hateful racists. Oh my goodness, it's all happening. Indeed, it is happening at an alarming rate. The words of Isaiah from chapter 5, verse 20, are so apropos today. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. Darkness is called light. And light is called darkness. Right before our very eyes, the times, they are a-changing. 
the situation in, in, in our nation and in the world can provoke many kinds of thoughts, temptations, and reactions. You know, we all have trials and troubles in life, and I am going to be the very last to minimize any trials or troubles that you have gone through. But you know what? When we watch or read the news, or should I say the weird and bad news that's so often on TV and the internet, we can sometimes be tempted with the following, I am, to be discouraged and just go on with life as though none of this evil and craziness around really exists, rather than engaging it in a godly way because it does exist. We can be tempted to take things into our hands and fight the battle with our own strength, rather than fighting with God's strength and in God's way. We can begin to see people as our enemies, Neglect the spiritual dimensions of this battle and problem. And forget that if it was not the grace of God, there go I. As we receive one bad report after another, we can be overwhelmed by anxiety, worry, and fear, and fall into depression rather than investing ourselves to develop greater intimacy with the lover of our souls, Yeshua, and learning to trust Him more while casting our cares upon Him because He loves us and cares for us. And here's another one. We can be tempted to set our hearts, you know, set our hearts, on satisfying our fleshly desires, acquiring wealth and possessions and pursuing the pleasures of this world, forgetting that they can only give us temporary satisfaction and, and, and gratification, and that we forget that God calls us to focus and set our hearts on things that are above things of the Spirit, and be busy with His kingdom work. You know, today followers of Yeshua are asking many questions, just a few. Is the end drawing near? My answer is it's closer than it was yesterday. <laughs> just remember you had a brilliant scholar here tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we in the times that Yeshua called birth pangs. I would say it seems to me that we are in those times. Are we say, seeing right before our eyes the decline and eventual collapse of the United States of America as a superpower? I hope not, but could very well be. I hope not, but could very well be. So some of these questions none of us can answer with any degree of certainty, but one thing I do know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Lord is my rock and my refuge, and His word is a sure foundation 
for a good, purposeful, and fulfilling life no matter what's going on around me. And so I just want to take one moment in the middle of this message to praise him for that. And if you need to kick off that spirit of heaviness and to put on the garment of praise, come join me whether you're watching or you're here in person because, because we can all experience that spirit of heaviness from the circumstances that we face, the trials that we have, and the ongoing bad news that we get through the news media. So, this is a sin-sick, dark world. We in America have been sheltered from that for a long time to a great degree. But most of our brothers and sisters around the world have known it for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades and centuries. Many have given their life, been martyred, simply because they love God, they love people, and they believe in Yeshua. Sadly, the same kind of darkness is creeping into our country more and more, but I hope there will be a great revolution and reversal, a God revolution and reversal. So let's just praise the Lord, our rock and our foundation, our refuge. His word is a foundation for life. Lord God, we just want to take this moment in the middle of all the bad news as the times they are a-changing for the worst, it seems very much so, to praise you for you are good and your mercy endures forever. You declare yourself the God of heaven and earth. You let us know beyond a shadow of a doubt you are our Abba, you love us. Your word is truth, your promises are sure, and you are with us and for us, and you never let us down. Though the world is full of trouble, though we are faced with insurmountable circumstances at times, you, Lord God, are the lover of our souls, and in you we are overcomers, and we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your faithfulness to us your faithfulness to your word. Thank you so much for sending Yeshua, the promised, prophesied Messiah of Israel, who gave his life for Jewish people and Gentiles and all who would receive him. Totally inclusive you are, Lord, for the rich, the poor, and people of every nation under heaven. You include all to come freely and drink of the waters of life while the Waters of trouble flow around. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua, for giving yourself for us. We honor that. We value that with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with all of our lives. Thank you. Okay. That felt good, didn't it? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> okay, so, you know, those are... Those questions, you know, that I brought up, they're, they're important questions, they're relevant, but I think there are some issues 
that the Bible teaches us that are even more important. And I want to use this opportunity to repeat what I believe the Lord gave me at the beginning of this pandemic. It's kind of an urgent call to action, an urgent call to all the followers of Yeshua, kind of a shofar call to wake us up to a new dimension in the Lord, so to speak, to new opportunities in the Lord, because every trial is an opportunity, every challenge is an opportunity. With God, all things are possible. And uh, because indeed the times are changing and we, we need this call, I believe. We need this call. So what's the most important question, as I understand it, from the Bible during these times? What is it? I think it's this. What kind of people should we be? How should we act? And what should we do? What kind of people should we be? As followers of Yeshua, how should we act and what should we do? To help us think this through today, please keep in mind what I've already shared and what I'm going to share now, which will be primarily Yeshua's words and then questions to ask ourselves based upon his words. Okay? <clears throat> now, let me warn you ahead of time, this part of the message may challenge some of you. I think that's okay. And uh, it may make you feel uncomfortable at times. I think feeling uncomfortable for a good reason is okay. Do you agree? So please don't feel like I'm picking on anyone, judging anyone, or anything like that. I want you to know that I ask myself these very same questions regularly. I take my spiritual temperature pretty much every day and many times a few times a day. Why do I do this? Why do I ask myself these questions? Why do I take my spiritual temperature daily, if not a few times a day? The reason is because these questions and taking my spiritual temperature help me stay aligned with Yeshua's heart and priorities for my life. And same heart and priorities for your life, because he's the same Yeshua. And as we know, I think you'll all admit this is true, not just of this Jewish boy from Brooklyn, New York here. As we know, it's very easy to get distracted or overwhelmed by the cares of this world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave a hand. Okay, so we're all in the same boat here. I'm glad that we're all acknowledging we're human beings. Okay, so I ask these questions because I want to be aligned with the Lord and his priorities. I want to be an, a, a revival vessel for the Lord. I want to be revived and bring revival. I want to be on fire for God. I never want to take him or his priorities for granted. I want to be an agent of his supernatural love and power wherever I am. And when I'm not, I'm disappointed that I'm not. He's available. I just get a little messed up. 
a little confused, a little distracted, a little off track, like we all do. And I want this very same thing for all of you. You are my brothers and sisters. And it's not so important that I want it. I think it's even, in a sense, uh, insignificant. It pales to the fact of how important it is to God, our Lord. He wants it, and I trust you want it also. I trust you want it also. We are followers of Yeshua. We are one body. We're one big family. And together we are the light of the world, shining the way for others to find the light of lights that is within us, the lover of our souls and their souls, Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world. So let's dig into the Word of God. And we're going to take a look first from math, at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, and this is Yeshua speaking. He says, do not store up for yourselves, excuse me, <coughs> treasures, on, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I think you'll agree that out of our hearts spring forth our very lives. So I ask myself and I ask you, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? What is the most important thing to you? Because when we discover where your treasure is, what's most important to you, that is where your heart is. Is Yeshua and his kingdom priorities your pearl of great price, willing to give up everything just to have him and his will in that song for your life? Or is it simply yours in theory, or part of your theology perhaps, but not in lifestyle and everyday practice? This is a very important question. Let's take a look at some more of the Lord's words. And uh, I want to emphasize the word Lord. Sometimes I remind myself, he's not my suggester. In other words, he's not making suggestions. <laughs> he's my Lord. <laughs> he's your Lord. And the good news is he knows how to run my life and your life much better than I do and you do. So that's why I try with all of my heart to connect to my Lord because he knows what's best for me and what's best for everyone. So he's not making suggestions. He's our Lord. Matthew 6.33, I'm going to read from the Amplified Version and then from another version after that just to accentuate what the Lord is saying here. 
first and foremost, first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive for his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all things will be given to you also. He's speaking about the needs of our life on earth, food, shelter, clothing, and things like that. These are the things that will be added unto us. Here it's said more simply in another translation, but more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. God knows what we need, but the question is, in our everyday life, in our attitudes, in our actions, do we demonstrate that we know that God really cares about our physical needs? And do we really trust Him to fulfill His promise if we put first His kingdom, no matter what the cost? No matter what He is asking us to do, through His Word, and by His Spirit. You know, uh, a few decades ago, I was living in Massachusetts. And when I first moved up there, I had one job that lasted about three months. I lost that because of my faith. Another job that lasted about two months, I lost that because of my faith. And I was saying, oh Lord, <laughs> I already had four kids. It was tough. And then, through a set of unusual, seems like God's circumstances, I landed a job with the Massachusetts Department of Public Welfare. And I was working in this kind of freewheeling maverick unit that was put together by the governor, Mr. Dukakis himself. And the reason was is because he was planning a run for president and he had what he considered a big stain on his record. He had hundreds of homeless families living in hotel rooms. Single moms with two, three kids, and so on, and so on, and so on. So this was a very highly funded unit, freewheeling unit, and I somehow got placed there. I had applied for another job in the welfare department and got this one, Rabbi Kevin. It was... Unusual. And so, as usual, I worked hard. And uh, everything I did seemed to turn to gold. I was the most successful worker in the state in moving families out of the hotels and into stable housing. God was with me. And he was blessing my work. Directors of welfare offices in various cities begged to have Stuart come to their office. <laughs> it was wild. And they could care less if I talked about Yeshua and the Bible all day as long as I got rid of their homeless problem because they had a lot of pressure on them from the governor's office to make it happen and make it happen quick. And so I had a lot of freedom because God was blessing my work so incredibly. And uh, 
One day when I was praying, the Lord gave me a download and a plan on how to prevent families from being homeless in the first place. So I wrote it up, presented it to my supervisor, and within a couple of days, I'm sitting before the assistant commissioner of the entire state welfare department said, we're giving you the worst city in Massachusetts as a pilot program. We're making you supervisor of the program. And it just so happened my salary was almost doubled in a day. Now remember, I just lost two jobs that didn't last very long because of my faith. Now because of my faith, I'm getting these huge successes and promotions. And I'm not telling you this story to boast about Stuart Winograd. I'm telling you to make, I'm telling you the story to make a point and give glory and honor to God as we obey him. So I was on a, I was a rising star <laughs> and on an upward career track. And about this time, I also received the prestigious Compassion Award from the Department of Welfare Commissioner. Nevertheless, Chantal agreed with me, my wife agreed with me, that the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry. So I left the success and very secure salary to go into full-time ministry. I took a significant salary cut and a salary that was not very secure in the natural. Since the ministry I worked for was a fledgling ministry, dependent upon donations, and it was interesting, they didn't have a lot of those at the time. The donations, I mean. <laughs> so there I was. That was 34 years ago. And my testimony is this. As I put first his kingdom, he has been faithful to his word to provide for me and my family from that day until this, and I have no doubt that he will continue to. So I hope that encourages you. Now I want to turn to Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 36. Yeshua speaking again, Mark 8, 34 through 36. Then he called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and keep following me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the good news will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul. You know, in 1995, my wife and I moved with our four children to Minsk, Belarus. It was broken and impoverished. We left our dream home in upstate New York, family and friends, ministry, work, and we went because a calling of God to bring the gospel to our Jewish people who had never heard. In 2007, after living there for 12 years and, and in a sense being an honored guest in the country along with my family, uh, <clears throat> I was booted out of the country and not allowed to return for five years. And it was at that time my wife, who often gets me into good kinds of trouble, felt strongly that we should begin a ministry in India to minister to some of the 40,000 Israelis traveling there and many of them looking for answers from Eastern mystics 
and gurus. Now, I have to tell you, perhaps some of you are like me. My flesh likes comfort. My flesh likes comfort. And kind of like my inner emotional being likes comfort too. But I can tell you, moving to Belarus and then suddenly losing the home that I lived in for 12 years there and not being able to enter the country for five years and then starting from zero in India, living where, well, not the best of conditions, in tough conditions, uh, it was full of hassles, full of difficulties, full of challenges, and lots of loss of comfort, both physically and my inner comfort zone was being stretched beyond. Now ask me if I regret it. I don't. I wouldn't trade it for anything because it is so good and rewarding to take up my cross and in my own broken way, like you in your own broken way, because we're all a little broken, weak, but from our hearts to take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow after him and keep following after him, it's the best life, no matter what challenges and discomfort we face as we take up our cross and follow. And what can I say about through our simple obedience, how God touched and transformed hundreds of our Jewish people's lives and Gentiles' lives as well. I wouldn't trade it for a minute. Again, I'm not boasting about myself. And you don't need to go to a foreign land in order to fulfill Yeshua's will for you. But he looks at our hearts. Where is our hearts? And where are we investing our time, our talent, and resources. What are our hearts set upon? So we have to ask ourselves, have I left everything God has called me to leave? Have I left everything that God has called me to leave? Am I denying my fleshly and sinful desires and taking up that cross daily, and I keep following? Am I continuing to follow, follow? You know, because our default, we must remember, is to get comfy. It's easier to be a believer than a follower. Remember that. It's easier, not better, easier to be a believer instead of a follower. And there's a difference. We can be a believer that follows once in a while, or we can be a follower that believes and is whose heart set on following. Am I in the driver's seat of my life, or is Yeshua? Do I carry in my heart, and it is, is it manifest in my everyday lifestyle, actions, and words, this truth, whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the good news will find it? Your true identity, the true you, whether you're 10 years old or 110 years old or anywhere in between, you find the real you and the fullness of your capabilities in the Lord. 
when you're taking up your cross, denying yourself and following him. It's rewarding for you and it's rewarding for others and it's pleasing to God. Okay. And then there's the scripture that has been used a lot. We all know it. But I, I pray that we hear it in a fresh way tonight. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. So I just want to put this together now with five points. Five points that I think help, I hope will help, clarify this urgent kind of shofar call to action. This is the intro of the five points. Beloved sons and daughters of the Most High God. Beloved sons and daughters of the Most High God. Born again through the amazing grace, the amazing sacrifice of the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua. Born again through the power of his resurrection. Point one. There's a call to release the reins of our lives to our Lord Yeshua, to get out of the driver's seat and out of our comfort zone and live in the light of his amazing love for us, trust him with everything and every circumstances, to persevere, never give up, no matter what. Number two, there's a call to put Yeshua and his kingdom first, expressed through wholehearted devotion to him and his kingdom priorities as your treasure above all treasures. And to take up your cross daily, follow him no matter what the cost he puts before you. Yours may be different than mine, mine different than yours, what he puts before you. A call, number three, to humble ourselves, examine our lives, repent and change where we need to. Change by a decision of our will and with the help and grace of God. Repentance is a wonderful gift from God. It helps us to stay connected to his best, to his narrow road of life. Number four, a call to consistent and passionate intercessory prayer with fasting for revival of the body of Messiah in America, Israel, and around the world, an outpouring of God's spirit, God's fire in our congregations, right here in Beth Hillel, in our communities, our nation, Israel, and beyond, that our lands would be healed. Five, a call to be a light wherever we find ourselves and to stand for truth, godly justice, and righteousness, and to be filled with his spirit and devote ourselves to loving, serving, and to bringing the good news of Yeshua's love and salvation in both word and deed to our Jewish people first and also to the Gentiles. I want to bring this all to a close now with a, a word of prayer and just invite the worship team up here to... Uh, um, that song you did earlier was, was great, but you might have a different one, you know, whatever, whatever you feel. Uh, and we just want to give the Holy Spirit, as, as the, the worship team plays, 
an opportunity to minister to each and every one of us, kind of seal what he's been delivering through the praise and worship and through this message so that we can go out of here and not say, that was great praise and worship, that was a a good message or an okay message or great whatever you might say about it, but so that God reaches his goal in our life and we go out of here nurturing what he wants to do in and through us tonight, tomorrow, and in the days, weeks, months to come, okay? So go ahead and then I will uh, close us in a word of prayer. Supreme and Most High God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Adonai Tzivaot, Lord of the armies of heaven, 
Though the times they are a changing right before our eyes, we say we are yours. We are yours. You are ours. Thank you for this grace that enables us to say, you are our Abba. You love us. You are for us. You are with us. And your words are words of life and truth. Your ways are the ways of freedom and joy and overwhelming victory in the midst of the greatest of trials and darkness. Lord, we read about it in your word. We've experienced it to one degree or another. And we're asking you, as we're saying in a fresh new way, Hineni, fill us afresh with your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit and fire, that we might be your witnesses. That we might be your witnesses. Witnesses of your love, your sacrifice, your resurrection, and the mercy and grace that's only available through you for our Jewish people and all people. Lord God, we are praying, Lord, that you reach your goal in our lives day after day. Day after day, Lord God, we want your best and we want to be, by your grace, the best together with you, the best that we can be. For your kingdom and for your glory and for all those that are in great need that we would shine our lights and serve and love. Lord God, we pray that you would help us to pray and to live this life that you have called us to, no matter what the cost, for your glory and for others that many may come into the kingdom. Lord God, Thank you for being with us and for us. You are awesome. You are amazing and mighty. And we bless you again. And we say Hineni again in Yeshua's name. Amen. Take a hug. The message is given with a hug. It was first for me and also for you equally. Bless you all. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. 
That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Bye.